the only podcast filled with teary reunions. This is Bombers. Zyber, I'm so happy to see you again. We're back. Yay, together. You? Oh, what? Who am I? That, that, that cuts deep. Don't you remember your old friend, uh, Bomber Number 5, Anthony, a.k.a. Deg, here on the Bombers podcast, talking specifically to you, Bomber Number 3, Zyber, a.k.a. Zyber, on the Bombers podcast? See, Number 3 sounds familiar. It hasn't been that five? long. Uh... I'm the most popular and famous, or something. I don't know. I thought that was number four. It's definitely... Yeah, it is, in fact, number four. You're right. Uh, Welcome to the Bombers Podcast. It's been a while since we've had both Bombers here on the show together. Hope that you enjoyed our little, um... I don't know what to call it. Juggling act. (laughs) Yes, hope you enjoyed our thing where we tried to fill up time while being gone. I thought we had some good stuff. Uh, your episodes were are very solid, and I definitely listened to both of them. Did Did you listen to any of them? I listened to the first one. Well, at least you listened to the good one, then. Yep, and and I know you listened to and very much enjoyed my episode, so thank you. I have not had any alone time to listen to anything <laughs> for a while. Yeah, now that you're not driving around as much. Yeah. We can talk about later why that yeah. is. I'm happy that at least someone listened to my joke, though. I wasn't sure if anyone actually did. I did. And nobody else counts. But if you haven't listened to the Cheerio joke episode of the podcast, go back and listen to that. It takes, like, less than 15 minutes. You can pause this. Uh, You know, it might take 20 minutes. You might be laughing for five minutes after it's over. But uh, when you're done with that, come back here and listen to us. Yeah. I I was really hoping that I could have gone, like, an actual 30 minutes out of it, but I only had one night to type it out so yeah and you don't want it to go for for too much oh no no (laughs) the first time i heard that joke it was for half an hour oh oh boy it it was amazing that's go listen go listen to that and then come back here um (laughs) and we'll talk about cool stuff in this episode like news items that's cool stuff Everybody, yes. likes, everybody likes news. Especially bombastic news. <gasps> My favorite part of the show. News as bombastic. As usual, if you've been listening to this, you should know that you can go to our website, thisisbombers.com, who explains everything about ourselves, our podcast, our Twitch streams. Twitch. I don't know if I said Twitter, Twitch I, there, but it's Twitch. Twitch streams? Or that's I mean, that's kind of what they are, we'll be honest. Twitch. But you can <laughs> get some Twitter posts from us if you go to our Twitter, this is Bombers. Uh the last time I streamed it, or I streamed on Twitch actually, it sent out a tweet notifying wow. that we were online. Crazy. So at least I had that fixed. I don't know if you still need to fix that. Uh no idea. You can also see when our latest episodes release on Twitter. You can also see the, all that information on our Discord and also talk with us and other people that interact with us. Link in the description below. And finally, 
uh, you can give us money at Patreon, where you become acquaintance, friend, or best friend of the show, or executive bomb deucer if you're crazy and insane and ridiculous. And One crazy. of those. Uh, if you do any of those things, you'll get some bonuses, including being uh, including the friends only friends channel on Discord, where there's plenty of pictures of dogs and cats. Uh, you get some bonuses of being picked more likely to be a part of our community nights that we play every Thursday. You can also just uh, exist and be proud, knowing that you gave us money. I'd like to point out, Zyber, it, uh, it's quite apparent that we haven't done this for a while. <laughs> I did just last week. Oh, no. I didn't listen to last week's. It was a lot shorter than this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think currently best friends of the show that are being shout out to oh boy her <laughs> <laughs> Anne and Rob our friends of the show are Haley Aaron and Reaper and thank you to our acquaintances yay you guys are all awesome and make it fun I don't know I was gonna say something nice but pretend that I didn't stumble over it and said something nice You're we awesome. all know that we love you the most specifically shout it out to and and specifically you you know who i'm talking to yeah you Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i love you Haley. oh boy well there's some (laughs) biasness going on there i think um oops what have i done you deleted i I deleted a line all right you it's back. It's fixed. Let's do upcoming releases. The games that are upcoming this next week. Not a lot, Zyber, unfortunately. Um, still in that midsummer dead zone. Uh, but we do have... We had Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 3 last week. I, th- I think I we're missed, fine. I missed that. So, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I guess this is recovery. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles, pretty big game. So they're giving you some time to play that before anything <clears throat> good, anything else comes out that you want to get. Uh, we have coming out on Wednesday, the 3rd of August, South of the Circle, a game which is coming to computer, Switch, PlayStation 4 and 5, the Series Xboxes, and Xbox One. Um, I know nothing about this game other than it's coming out on the 3rd, so let's read some of the stuff from the official website. It is an emotional, story-driven experience where you feel the burden of life choices between career, true love, and the desire to keep our promises. A unique sense of time and a rich, authentic setting. You play Peter, an academic whose life is thrown into turmoil by the Cold War, whilst he grapples with childhood memories. And it's striking a masterfully executed art style, beautifully crafted by BAFTA winners, with performances by people that I don't really know. Um, so it looks like a narrative, choice-driven style game with a pretty interesting simplistic art style so for those of you that like narratives check it out coming out yep. on the third it it's really hard to really tell what this game is based on the trailer i just watched yeah but I've, it's it's a game that, that and seems it to be... looks interesting and it's gonna be on everything yeah a lot of the um narrative games you watch a trailer and you're just like i don't know what that is it's going to be on GOG.com, so nice. go buy it DMV free or whatever. You don't buy it from the DMV. 
by from Gog. Yes. <laughs> uh, the next day, Thursday, the 4th, there are two games, and one of them is relevant, and the other one's on here because I don't know how to read. <laughs> we have Turbo Golf Racing coming to the Series Xbox, Xbox One, and Computer, which basically, to me, looks like a... Uh, it's it's um, Rocket League, but golf instead of soccer. That... Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh It's Rocket League golf instead of soccer. So like Which, are I mean, you still after Le- one ball or are you the ball? No, I think you each have your own ball that you're hitting with your rocket car from what it looks like. Um but Rocket League's fun, so this could be an interesting thing to look into if you like that kind of rocket-powered car sports genre of this is the second of those games that exists. Other than, I think, what was it called originally? Rocket League was like rocket-powered battle cars or something like that before it became Rocket League. Possibly. I'm trying uh, to think that... of like what the next sports should be for for this genre. Uh, that's a good... Hmm. Maybe tennis? No, curling. Curling? I don't think so. No. I mean, that's just that's basically just golf. No, but it, you... Um... So you have, your, rock, you have your, your your one rocket car or whatever that pushes the the block, and then you have your other cars that are like rushing in front of it, like taking down <laughs> fences and and trees and stuff to get out of the way. I'm just imagining the cars like moving back and forth, like ah, scrub this ice, man. Yeah, basically. Except instead of scrubbing ice, you're removing obstacles. I could see that being a game. Let's 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 get on that. Let's get that developed. But like, how do you like? What's the physical competition against the other cars? Um, it's like curling with the whole get it close to the center and you can bump each other's stones. And... Don't bump my stone. Also, Picross X Pickbits versus Uzboros is coming out for the Nintendo Switch uh, in Japan only on, on the 4th. So if you have if you, if you have a Japan VPN for your Switch, you can get another Picross game. Yeah, I, I didn't realize this was Japan only until it was already on the list, and I left it there, so... Like, um, it's interesting. It's like you're trying to finish a bunch while there's, like, a time limit going on. High-speed 5x5 puzzle game. Uh, We'll see if that gets a, an actual release over here in the um, Western market. Yeah, it says uh, as planned, but no, nothing announced yet. Yeah, no, no official information on that. So we'll it keep an eye out. Co-op mode. Oh, we gotta play it together if it comes out. Oh boy. Uh, the final game is <laughs> Friday the fifth. Gigabash, coming to computer and PlayStation Four Five. This is like an isometric monster versus monster. It looks a lot like um, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. That style of Kind it's of, like Rampage. Yeah, sort of. Um, Four-player mayhem, arena mechanics, chaos and destruction, as one would expect out of a type of monster fighting giant kaiju game. Uh, seems entertaining. So that's your thing. Ah. Look, look into that game. That's all I got, Viber. Like, like I said, kind of, kind of low-key on the upcoming releases. Yeah. 
that's fine. Everyone's just playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 instead. Or as yeah. I mentioned last week, still trying to finish the first Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh, or that, yeah, honestly. Um, how about Weekly Bomb, then? Have you come up with anything uh, that is either A-bomb or V-bomb? Oh, you know I did, because yeah, it's right there in the list. Yeah, well, you're ruining the fun surprise for the audience. Come on. Surprise! I'm talking about a thing that I posted in Discord when it when I first found out about it. And now we're uh, going to talk about it here. For whatever reason, the Oculus Quest, which apparently is now called the Meta Quest, is freaking Facebook. Yep. The Meta Quest to push, Two push that is metaverse. is going up in price by a hundred dollars. So the which is dumb because this is supposed to be the but the quote-unquote budget vr headset and now it costs about the same as any other vr headset with no like how are they how are they justifying what what is the change that, yeah, that so the budget headset now is the same price so to my knowledge like since the quest 2 has come out i don't think they've really done anything to improve it like it's just been the Quest 2 this whole time. Uh, and originally, for 128 gigabyte storage, it was $299.99, or just $300. And the 256 gigabyte, which is twice the storage, woo, was an extra 100 to be $400. Well, now, the 128 gigs is $400, and the 256 gigs is $500. So you're getting $500 for the best option here, but it's still... the uh, the meta quest 2 which isn't necessarily that powerful of a vr system like the whole shtick was that it was supposed to be cheap and easy for people to use like families could just play beat saber because what else is there to play speaking of (laughs) (laughs) for for a limited time every new headset purchase will include an offer to download the popular vr rhythm game beat saber at no additional cost so if you buy this headset for a hundred extra dollars and it used to be a few days much. ago, you get a thirty dollar game for free. For a limited time. For a limited time. The only thing that the quest still has going for it compared to a bunch of other headsets is the fact that it is a standalone headset. So you don't need to have a VR-capable computer. You don't need to hook it up to a PlayStation, etc. That is the only thing that it really has going for it. Yeah, like, it's wireless, but you can get other wireless dev- or headsets. It's just that you still need, you know, a c- computer to, to run it. To run it, yeah. But still, it's like, that's... Uh, yeah, so like anyone that has a PlayStation or a good enough PC, which is... Less, hard less, less people, days. I guess, but still, yeah. It's like if you want VR, get wait, if, wait for PSVR two or yeah. get a Vive. I, HTC Vive is around the same price as but, now that, right? Yeah. The only difference is again with a Vive, you need to have a VR capable computer, which depending can be you know that'll that'll take away your budget aspect. So I guess the Quest technically still has the I don't have to have a powerful computer going for it, but it's not quite as budget as it was, and it's not 
really like it's, also... it's only marketed to people that aren't it's it's a vr headset marketed to people that aren't interested in vr and i think that's what's weird about it and like also like you don't get all the games like that are available for you know on steam and all that stuff i don't believe i'm pretty sure you, you just get the facebook stores yeah vr games it is, so it's it like is stuck in its own walled infrastructure yeah, so it's like, is that the case? Get the PlayStation VR. Even if it's the PS4 version, it's going to be cheaper. And you probably have a PS4 if you have... I don't know. Yeah. Especially if you're just going to be playing Beat Saber. Like, uh, I don't know. It's a, a weird price change. So I'm pretty sure I got the PSVR for like 350 bucks or something like that. So I, did, I, I especially find it to be interesting because with a lot of technology as it goes on as it, the components become easier as as the technology advances things get cheaper you know you're looking to pick up more people buying it so you're trying to knock price off to get those who didn't do early adopter fees and whatnot so it's weird that they're increasing price <clears throat> instead of keeping it the same or decreasing it as a lot of other technology would do yeah it seems like the... a weird choice I remember when the Vive first came out. Yeah, it was a huge like. Yeah, it's, it costs a lot of money and it's a not that great. It cost the first Vive, and I know this because I bought into it. It cost a thousand dollars when it first came out, and like, it, I mean, it was still amazing to me, but like, there wasn't much there, and the technology has vastly increased since then. But, but it was an early adopter beca- thing. It's because there were early adopters that it was able to yep. increase. And so... And the yeah, price has gone, it's down gone down significantly as opposed to increasing, which Quest is doing. So, ah. It has gone down while having better hardware and everything. <laughs> so yeah, then, I bought... then you just got the Quest, which is... Uh... I bought the new... I bought a new uh, Vive headset just recently, which I still haven't even set up because I went on this trip that i had quote-unquote trip um and that was a third the price of the entire setup that i had before and it's a way better technology in, the, in this one so i don't know what to tell you weird choice weird choice meta yeah so you know speaking of vr stuff though like the <laughs> there was more information released about the psvr2 I missed uh, that. What did they say? What do you got for me? So basically, the they have it where there's there's front facing cameras on the headset, and they it's it's not AR, I guess, because there's no altering of it, but it allows you basically to see the room you're in while wearing the headset, and That's that can be That's used. Nice. Yeah, that can be used for just finding where your controllers are, but also it's used while you're. Uh, creating the box that you're playing in your place yeah and i'm just like that's brilliant because you know other vr places you have to basically just walk around room with a controller in your hand and hope that it looks right with the psvr2 yeah psvr2 you have the headset on so it's actually showing you the walls that you are creating so you you know that it is working correctly figure out your your actual play space that's nice i like that yeah who knows in the future they might actually adopt and, and use that front-facing camera for actual AR stuff. Yeah, and then they mentioned, I don't know if it was specifically the front-facing camera stuff, but they mentioned that they uh, released 
something about PSVR 2 to developers a functionality. It'd be kind of weird if it was just front-facing, but if it is, well, that there you go. Yeah, but people can do things with it development-wise. Yeah. I mean, if it's there, they might as well allow people to take advantage of it and use it for, I mean, something. That's where innovation comes from. Hey, here's the thing. Either it works and and we adopt it in the future, or it doesn't work and it becomes just a fun gimmick of this particular piece of technology. Yep. So we got this information, but we still don't know when it's releasing when. And that's or the how thing. much it costs. That's the two <laughs> biggest things that we need for PSVR right now, because I am definitely on board and I want one. I need to know when I can get it, and I need to know how much to budget for it. Yeah, Come and on, like so. now, now that the... The quest has increased a hundred bucks, and it's the you know the maximum price is five hundred bucks. I'm just like, if the PSVR two is even close to five hundred, like, it's a no brainer. Go for the PSVR two. Yeah, because like initially, like people were just all like, oh, it's gotta be like less than five hundred dollars or something like that for it to be worth it. I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah. This is this is a hefty. VR system. Yeah, there's just... a lot of good stuff that they've put out with information on this thing. It's gonna be worth the 500 bucks, I think. Yeah. Like, it could... I hope it doesn't get to $1,000, but... No, that seems a little... That could... I mean, that could be possibly, like, how much it could cost if they, you know, put everything into trying to make, you know the money back just from the initial cost of the headset. I imagine probably we're going to see a price point closer to like the 500 to 750 range. Yeah, that sounds like a good guess. That's sort of what I'm anticipating. But we'll see when the announcement comes out. Yeah. Sony did announce something though, Zyber, uh, which, I, which I pulled up here. Uh, they have announced an official... They call it the Backbone One, an official iPhone <laughs> controller for PlayStation that is based visually on the DualSense PS5 wireless controller uh, so that you can play PlayStation games on the iPhone with the remote play using an actual controller that sort of like, I guess, hooks into the FireWire or whatever the port is on an iPhone. So what's great is that I just pulled up the uh, YouTube video trailer oh for it, and it shows oh a dad with his family on the beach, and he's playing freaking Gran Turismo or whatever the racing game for PlayStation is while on and the have... beach. And I'm just like, freaking enjoy the beach, dang it. Spend time with your family. Read a book. It's like, it's like the Switch trailer where the guy's went to a basketball court and it's just like hey guys want to play basketball on the switch instead yes I, I definitely prefer to play basketball on the switch i definitely prefer to to play my playstation iphone gobbledygook yeah so anyways how how this thing looks it, it works it's just like you know you know the switch joy cons well instead of sliding onto the phone it has this backbone plate oh backbone that uh-huh. you, know, you stretch it out place the phone in and it only supports iphone meaning that it has a very obvious the iphone charging the proprietary port port plug. thingy jutting out of one of the 
PlayStation Joy-Cons, and it looks like you could probably easily break that, and then what? Yeah, it's it's a very frail-looking contraption. And honestly, I don't even like the way that the button layout is on it. As, I mean... But... Yeah. Wait, yeah. Why is, why is it shaped like an Xbox with the analog stick on the top left instead of bottom left? Yep. It's weird, right? I mean, um, it is, but it took me a bit just because other, you know, the other companies do it that way. Uh, yeah, I, but this is inspired by the PlayStation controller, and it just—it yeah, only kind of looks black like and a PlayStation white. controller. Yeah, that's, it, the, it, that's the inspired by part. It's black and white. Yeah, like it—it it looks like it's just like, oh yeah, it's one of those third-party controllers. Who knows if it's actually good? Depends on the brand, but but no, it's actually backed an by it's PlayStation. An official official Sony whatever uh I and honestly I don't know who has such a pressing need to like who is using the remote play function to play their PlayStation games on their phone in a world in which the Switch exists and the Steam Deck exists Japan probably yeah probably (laughs) fair point I don't think I don't think this is going to be a big hit over here. I love Japan. They probably can just play games on their phones anyway. They don't need the backbone. Yeah. Well, playing phone games in general is, is kind of sucky. <laughs> Having a controller. Yeah, maybe we'll see an actual adoption of actual controller paraphernalia and whatnot for phones. Yeah, I doubt it. They, Part of the point of the phone is that it's... I mean, that's convenient. already a thing. That's the the one person tried suing Nintendo because they had the Switch Joy-Con slide anything. Apparently, they had that thing for phones already. Yeah, but I'm talking about actual adoption thereof. Because nobody does that yet. Well, apparently, nobody, nobody people do it. if multiple people have been making these things. Yeah, I don't know. I want to see the numbers. <laughs> All right, seven. Interesting. Very interesting. It's also that's all I... on the back. Oh boy. That's all I got for Weekly Bomb. Yeah, I mean, it's just a bomb, both of the things to me. There's stupid for the quest to increase in price randomly. It's just all like, oh, Facebook isn't giving us their money anymore, so we're going to have to increase the price. That'll get people to buy our stuff and make more of a profit, right? Right in the middle of the PSVR 2 and all of the upgrades with the other stuff. So, like, the, th- the thing is, like, just video game consoles, you know, hardware in general, never make a profit off of the hardware sales, except for Nintendo somehow <laughs> sometimes doing it. Yeah, Nintendo's weird. They're, they are an exception that proves the rule or something. Most of the actual profit comes from software. It's like, if you're not getting a profit from selling the VR headsets, then you need to figure out which Facebook should easily be able to do how to make a profit afterward. Yep. Basically. Uh, Alright, you want to do... What do we got? Bomber's Notebook? Get some questions out? Yes, hold on. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Mm, Questions. Alright. 
Bomber's Notebook, everyone's favorite part of the show, where we answer questions given to us by the live audience. First question is from... (laughs) Just looking at your reaction. (laughs) First question is from Oshi. If you could have lessons, the time to practice, and no pressure, what new skill would you choose to learn? And I see here, now that I'm looking at the document finally, uh, Oshi goes on with examples of like some sort of instrument, maybe some style of dancing, whatever McCrame is, or some type of artist like physical drawing and stuff like that. Yeah. So mine would be sewing. Like, I think it'd be pretty neat to be able to patch up clothes or even make new clothes. Sewing's pretty good. Because that's, among other things, not only can you use that for fun and putting together cool costumes and stuff, but it's just practical. Mend up your clothes. Yeah, there's so many times I lose a button. And it's just gone. That's it. I don't know how to sew I don't know how to sew buttons. I just I, wear things without buttons on them. <laughs> no, I don't really have anyone that I can do it anymore. Yeah. For now, here's a thought. If you were learning sewing and stuff like that, would that involve being able to fix zippers as a part of clothing? Or is it specifically like needle and thread? I don't know because I don't know how to fix zippers. Yeah, me neither. But I would love to be able to fix zippers. Um... I mean, if, if, My, I, if I became professional, well, not professional, just a good hobbyist at sewing, then I wouldn't be surprised if I got into zipper mending, too. Yep. Might as well at that point, if you've got, uh, apparently, the time to practice and no pressure with lessons. Take advantage of that. Fix some zippers, too. I was originally, my thought, when I first read this question, I was like, man, like, Having the actual time to sit down and practice and do speedrun type stuff and actually having the time for that would be great. But then you come at me with a, this actual practical answer of sewing, and I'm like, well, no, I feel real dumb going for speedrunning. Yeah, like I could have said writing or playing the guitar, but like those are things I have actually tried doing, and I, I just need to sit down and actually do it. Well, <laughs> I mean, that sewing, is part of it. Sewing is something that's just all like, I already have so many other things I want to try doing. I can't just keep adding stuff, even though it sounds like a great thing. You gotta have, that's the caveat of having the time to, to actually do it, I think. Makes up for, for some of that. Yeah. Um, maybe gardening? I don't know. <laughs> time is not the issue for me with that. No. I, don't, I don't have a yard to cut. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that does kind of get in the way. It doesn't matter how much time you have if there's nothing. Like, all no my space friends, to grow. including me, were just all like, if we had a yard, and like the one friend who does have a yard, guess what she's doing? Is it gardening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I'm actually, this fall, finally, I was supposed to do it last year, and it never popped, ne- never came together. Never but popped. This year, yeah, I don't know never popped up is what i was thinking because you know plants well yeah um, how are they supposed to pop up if they never planted if yeah but uh i'm going to be working with my dad to actually put in an herb garden uh we're gonna put all the base work in this fall so that i can plant things and have it growing next year I'm supposed to do it last year but never came together 
Never popped. Never popped. Um, painting and drawing and stuff is, is also not, not a terrible suggestion. For me, like, it doesn't necessarily matter if I have the time. I just know that I don't have the right mentality for drawing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the no pressure. I don't know. It's like no pressure, but like you got to keep just drawing keep... lines repeatedly and then erasing them if you don't like them and then trying again and then erasing them if you don't like them and then trying again and erasing them if you don't like them and trying again and erasing them if you don't like them and trying. Oh. And then and then starting on a new drawing because this one apparently is garbage because you've erased and drawn it too much. Yeah. Like my my hands I like I can't be a doctor either. My hands are way <laughs> too shaky as uh I'm sticking with speed running. No, I, I actually wanted, get I, like hot and have a headache when I like try doing, you know, minuscule kind of things with my hands. Yeah, like my, I get the same way. I can only when I'm doing my Warhammer models, painting them and like yeah. focused in real and trying so hard not to shake because that's how small of a paint surface it is. And I'm like, ah, now my hand hurts and I have a headache, so I need to take a break after ten minutes of painting. Like, I can put a needle through, yeah, or I can put a thread yeah. <laughs> through the eye of a needle, but as long as I don't need to do that, you know, a hundred times back to back. Right. There you go. Sewing for you. Um, I decided speed running. All right. For I'll... that, I just need more time. Oh, uh, that reminds me of the... It was like one of those night shows, and it's like, all right, let's see it. Can this guy speed run mario before this microwave burrito is done or before this one guy finishes a lap around a track or something like that <laughs> like they said the race i mean those things all take a very similar amount of time yeah that's pretty funny so i was just like all right you speed run and i'll see if i can sew uh something thing. <laughs> a thing <laughs> so uh, congratulations you beat the game <laughs> see how much of it actually comes out before you beat it Depends on what game, too. Uh, it has to be Fallen Fantasy Ten. Nope. See you in thirty hours. N- nope. <laughs> so a one hundred percent run of the Animal Crossing on the GameCube. That, I was, that's not as hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. Okay, I was thinking of just paying off all, your all, loan. That no, doesn't take 100% that long. hundred percent all all items is like a sixteen hour, and it's like ten that, hours. Of that's just still pretty codes. good, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's silly. Yeah, there's so many that I'm just like, why? Why do you why do, do people this? do this? The answer is because not a lot of people are going to challenge that record. So once you do it, you you win. <laughs> Honestly, speedrunning is another one of the things that's just so like keep trying to do something. If you do it wrong, try it again. Stuff that I I can't do. It's not not in your brain. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the Sonic Adventure where your knuckles, you know, trying to find the. Oh no, the stuff and it's just flying around and beeping and like I'm just like I just want to be done with this level. It is freaking me out. You, you just if you're a speedrunner, you memorize where all the potential spawns are and go off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got to memorize where the potential spawns are. Yeah, I've, you know, I've only played it's... the games like one siege. <laughs> It's all about having the, the, enough time to dedicate to that kind of stuff. And that's, uh, 
I will That's gladly to me is the big problem. I will gladly play as Big the Cat instead. Someone else can play Knuckles, and I will look away because it still hurts to watch. Oh jeez. What else we got? Uh, thank you, Hoshiro. Yes, question. I hope I hope we answered it to your liking. Yeah, hopefully that was entertaining. <laughs> Next question is from Nelthane, and it is: What's honest criticism? What is honest criticism you have for a game you love? Honest criticism for a game you love. What's yours, Zyber? Well, uh, let's see here. I love a lot of games. Uh-huh. And I know that you don't like a lot of games I love, so maybe I'll just like mention Earthbound or something and be like, hey, Dake, what is she's do you have with this? I do. I, it's, mm. And I'll probably agree with at least one. That's opening too big of a bag of worms. <laughs> My complaints of Earthbound are well known, and I do not love Earthbound. Well, I definitely can't say that, yes, the inventory system is pretty bad. Garbage. It's like the yeah. having only so many inventory spots per character and having to, you know, get more of the characters in your party to increase your inventory and as each character has their own inventory, so you can't just pick something because someone has it. You know, only that person can, can use, use it in the battle or whatever. It. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. It's an old RPG. <laughs> and it also it tends to have a like um snowballing problem where if things are going bad they are just going to get worse that's called um what's, what's that called curve something what difficulty curve yeah difficulty curve there we go that's that's how you know oh i better grind yeah well throw that into my list of things to complain about grinding it's an rpg for you jrpg Blah. <laughs> or we could talk about how Kingdom Hearts uh, story makes no sense, no matter how you look at it. Well, I would disagree with you there, actually. Mm. Oh, you know, speaking of things coming out, the <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Boy. Dark Road for the cell phone is supposed to come out in August. Ow. It was also supposed to come out like a year ago, but they say it's finally supposed to be fully finished and released in August. And so now it's just like, well, August is now. Now, <laughs> yeah. Where, where is it? Where is it? Of course. I mean, the last time they said it was going to release, it was like a week afterward that they finally said, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> just just kidding. Didn't happen. Um, if I was going to throw a criticism at a game that I love, I would throw criticism at um, specifically a lot of the N64 era, but just in general, um, the Z-targeting style of combat yes is yes a really really great innovation for its time in order to trans you know translate that style of combat into a 3d space but it's that's it it's it was good for its time to help with that transition but it's really not that great and a lot of the problems with specifically ocarina of time but also just the Z-targeting style games in general is that it's the combat is not actually any test of skill. It's just wait until the weak point can be hit. Also, 
why is the camera controlling button the same button as the Z target? Yep. Ah! That is also a frequent problem with Z target style games. Like even Star Fox Adventure on the GameCube. Even Wind Waker, again, on the GameCube. Like I'm glad that we've sort of refined and moved past simple Z targeting combat because that wait the waiting game style combat that came with it was not engaging or fun. So like Kingdom Hearts technically has a Z target kind of combat, but you know what? You don't actually need to use it. And also nope. like it's I mean you're fighting a bunch of enemies at once and it's designed that way usually besides yep. bosses. So it's like it's not just waiting for the weak thing. There's so many ways of attacking. But, yeah. you know, it was also the generation after Ocarina of Time and had more buttons on the controller, so there was actual camera buttons besides the Z-Target button. Yeah, it had an actual analog stick for camera control, which is... Or L2 and R2. You could use those two, yes. Yeah, I was a PlayStation boy. You know, I went from okay. NES to PlayStation. I skipped the Z-Target. Which that would be, yeah, that's an honest criticism that I would that I would level, and and I think that's a fair criticism because it's shown that since that time games have in fact improved and evolved upon the system. So <clears throat> seems reasonable to me. Yep. Well, that I hope that answers your question, Nelthane. Uh, yep. Last question we have is from Haley, my wife. Okay. Oh, in the Batcave, it is known that Batman has a file on each of us, individually on how to take each of us out if we, quote-unquote, go rogue. How does Batman take you down in particular? Take you oh. down in particular. Take, take me down? I don't know, stiff breeze? Push me down some stairs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. realistically, I, he's just gotta I, show up, and we'd be like, oh, we're, we're gonna get almost dead. But not uh, dead. Oh, I guess. Just almost dead. <laughs> guess maybe I shouldn't have crossed Batman. Like, I don't know, a simple tap to my knee probably would work. I did love, there was like a meme thing afterwards where uh, people were just showing ridiculous things of reasons that Batman would take them out. Like, someone was swimming in a pool when it said no swimming, and next Batman shows up and punches him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not... I can't imagine it's particularly hard to take me out, let's be honest. Okay, so instead of it just being a, he's just gonna punch us, show up and punch us thing, let's do it in a, uh, we're actually, you know, a a mob leader or something, and he's gotta trick us in some way of, and then beat us up. Um, Well, it also, it helps that all of the Suncoast videos have, in fact... Uh, gone out of business and no longer exists, so I lost my respawn point. Okay. That's that's a super old reference that only Rumor will get. Well, Rumor, I hope you're listening to this to get that. That one was for you. If you understand that reference, please explain it <laughs> in the <laughs> <anyone>. comments below. <laughs> yeah. Look, look to your left. Tell the person there, hey, I got this reference. I, I got that. I understand that reference. Or how how about you, Zyber? Um, what's mm-hmm. the what's what's the way to take you out? <laughs> I'm taking notes. <laughs> well, I was just reminded of 
what Haley's is, and it's just have the word Sonic with like an arrow pointing somewhere. And she, that, that happened while we were in a Target. She saw Sonic over like a toy aisle, and she went over there, and there wasn't even any Sonic merchandise there. Baited. Uh, oh boy, mine. It's like it's like the <laughs> free candy, except it's Sonic. Yeah, it's like Sonic merch. Get your tails plush over here. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> um. I mean, mine would probably just be like, uh, hey, I got your friends. You gotta come over here. Otherwise, they die or something. That would definitely get me. Ah, there you go. It's a little it's a little dark for Batman, but, you know, whatever it takes. I mean, Batman can get that dark. Yeah, he can. Uh, he sure can. Otherwise, like, I don't know, they have like a macaron stand or something. Ooh, I do like macarons. Yeah, right? Go for a macaron right now. To like, look, baked goods. Baked goods. Ice cream. Ooh. Batman. <laughs> then you just fall into a trap door. Yeah, and I just be all like, do I still get the baked goods? <laughs> you you go to like sniff a, a fresh out of the oven apple pie, and Batman's fist just pops out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want a knuckle sandwich. I wanted, I wanted an apple pie. Um, hope that answered Haley's question. I hope so too. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, we got a we got a little bit of time left here. Oh, we got like fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's like a little bit of time. I don't know what time is. Time keeps on slipping. Into the future? No, it's just a banana peel on the ground. I don't know who keeps putting it in there. So much warm time about the banana peel. Um, Ministry Cap. It's been a while since we've actually been together. I can honestly I, say that I have not done much in that time. <laughs> done a lot, but none of it. I mean, for a week and a half, I was on the beach. Or in a car. I was in a car for like... At least five of those days. It's a lot of driving. So much driving. Or riding. What's your what's your way to pass time for like long road trips like that? Are you like a listen to music? Or you play road trip games? So here's drive in complete silence. Here's what I did. I brought my three DS with me. And also okay. my Game Boy Advance, but I didn't touch that. Ah. And I ended up playing Metroid Samus Returns. And also Kmart's Recoded. One of those sounds better than the other one. I know, Recoded is pretty great. Oh, boy. I actually talked about that last week because I figured I would talk about Summer's Returns here with you this week. That's that's me. Because I realized, like, oh, I went through all the 2D Samus Metroid games, but I skipped Summer's Returns because I played the the uh, fan game instead. Another Metroid 2 remake? Yeah. So what do you think of Samus Returns, both as a standalone Metroid game and compared to AM2R? So, like, while playing it, I was trying to remember, like, where AM2R was based on my location. And I'm just, it's just a completely different map and environment. Like, it's it's like there's nothing to really compare it. Interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but for like gameplay wise and such, you know, AM2R played, I think it played just like uh, Super Metroid, if I remember yeah, I right. That, I think that was the idea behind that remake was to have it basically a Metroid 2, but with Super Metroid gameplay. Yeah, but then you have uh, Metroid Summit's Returns, which was made after Metroid Fusion and before Metroid Dread, and it plays like something in between. Like, I I was playing this, I'm just like, wow, yeah, they definitely put stuff in here that then they refined or worked more on for Metroid Dread. Like, they included the, the melee thing you do to then... Uh, like the counter type the counter stuff. yeah which i actually really enjoy uh it makes it so that you you can't just get demolished but if there's multiple enemies around although it is annoying that you can only like you can hit all of them if they try to do the attack at you at the same time but then you can only actually do the counter attack against one of them the other ones thankfully are stunned so you can either missile them or shoot them a bunch because they don't get killed in one shot but buys you, buys you some breathing room though. Yeah, like you can still also just run away or whatever. Uh, I, I mean, it has Spider Ball, which is a really nice, fun feature of yes, see that wall? Let's climb up it unless there's sharp rocks. But you know, Spider Ball's fun in general. Like it's it's a Metroid game. It has that puzzles and exploration stuff, and it had interesting mechanics compared to other Metroid games. Just you know, just like the original Metroid Two, that's a remake of. Yeah. That I you don't see in other Metroid games, or don't see until Metroid Dread. Which, it's Dread. I mean, like the only thing I was really missing yeah. from Samus Returns was the sliding mechanic that they added in Dread. I was just like, man, I wish I could just slide under this flying enemy this... or something. Yeah, the slide is is a nice refinement of the overall control schemes. Or like, you know, sliding into a tunnel where you just turn into the morph ball instead of having to turn into morph ball and then go in the tunnel. Simple, um, the quality of lifestyle almost. Yeah. Changes. That clearly, as you said, were inspired by and refined from uh, Samus Returns. Yeah, so like they're trying to go with this uh, fluid movement, basically, and... I mean, it felt really great, and I think Dread definitely improved on that, made it more fluid, etc. And so, Metroid Simus Returns, definitely, you know, a game to return to and play. Nice. So if you had to choose between going back and playing AM2R or going back and playing Samus Returns, which would you pick? Um, If they were both placed in front of you and it said, play one of these, which one would you reach for? Well, I'd say the biggest issue I had with Samus Returns actually was that they really wanted you to go back to areas when you had other stuff unlocked in order to, you know, get the the more missiles or etc. And I really wasn't fond of that because the game is pretty, like, it's linear in the fact that you go through a, uh, a zone... And then you kill the Metroids, and then you go on to the next zone. There's absolutely no reason to go back besides to collect collectibles that you missed. And so when there's collectibles I missed specifically because I just didn't have the thing before, it's like, well, that's not as enjoyable. It's, it's not like the other Metroid games where you do have to go back because you, it turns out this area that you couldn't get through, 
you have to go through in order to get to a new area. Like that that is something from Metroid that I absolutely loved that definitely was missing from Samus Returns. Uh, it made Samus Returns easier, but that, and that feels like another thing that they kind of fiddled with a little bit when they took it into Dread because one of my complaints about Dread was the whole lack of being able to go back and find power-ups at a time in which you had a new unlock. Yes and no. As opposed... (laughs) Yes and no. It seems like the the balance is a little bit a thing that they're still trying to figure out is what I'm kind of going for there. I say that's a yes or no for you because technically you can go back. It's just that you you had to go a roundabout way of doing it because they were trying to get you to... Or they were trying to tell you in a more forced way where the next location you're supposed to go is. So... Yeah, and it it felt... um, a little bit uh let's say the execution was was not quite great for my experience is a diplomatic way of saying that i would say that if it wasn't for the i forget what they're called those the dread zones where the robots show up the if it ME wasn't robots f- it wasn't for those areas it probably wouldn't have been that bad just because you know like you usually have to go through that area to get to the next area but it's like well I don't actually know, you know, what exit portal I'm supposed to go through. Yeah, I didn't care for the Emmy stuff in general. It was more of a uh, an annoying grind than any sort of actual tension in, in my experience. <laughs> um, as for the reason I was not available this past weekend, I was working as a security supervisor for an anime convention here in Pittsburgh. Uh, we ran it... Um, Technically, the the volunteer work for it normally goes Wednesday through Monday, but I had to work Wednesday, so I showed up at like 11 p.m. Wednesday night to spend the night at the hotel to get started bright and early at like 6 a.m. on Thursday with doing truck unloads and getting the convention center set up for the event and all that kind of stuff, and then ran all the way through to pack up on Sunday our post Uh, event dinner to celebrate a successful event and then monday was the truck unload which i did actually help with over the course of thursday through monday i got over like 113,000 steps which is over 60 miles or over 99 kilometers for oshi um so that was a lot it was a lot of walking around i got blisters on my feet my feet are still a little swollen from all the walking and beating up that i did to them yeah so that's but, around thirty-two thousand steps a day yeah that sounds about right which is yeah like i think the highest i've done was around twenty thousand. that's when i was hiking up mountains throughout the day yeah i think i i think i've i've definitely gotten above forty thousand at one of these events in one day so now let me ask you your security you. did you tackle mm-hmm. anyone no, not that it's honestly security is a little bit of a misnomer, which we're thinking of changing the name. It's really more public safety. It's like making sure that people aren't doing stupid things. So you're like but the floor comes... monitor. Yeah, sort of. Sh- sure. When it comes to like actual like security style tackle someone, blah blah blah. The guidance is don't put yourself into a violent situation. 
We have uniformed officers on site who can deal with any form of actual assault. Defend yourself, obviously, if you have to, but you're a volunteer. It's not worth getting hurt over. So yeah, you're unless of course you're like like the lunch lady kind of person at school, but for a convention. For a convention, yeah, like put yourself into a situation at at your own risk as you seem is is needed for life saving purposes. But for the most part, if people are fighting, eh, just let them fight. They're gonna get arrested because they're fighting in public. Yeah, join in. A lot more fight. A lot more of what we do is like a roving info desk because we're in bright yellow or orange shirts so people see us and ask us questions. Or just having a bright orange or yellow shirt to be like, hey, we're watching, so don't fight because we're here. We're around. We'll catch you. Yeah. Like a deterrent force more than anything else. Yeah, when we went to our the anime convention we went to like a few months ago first thing we had to do was go to a yellow person be like hey where's where's a lanyard for our ids or badges do they not hand them out at the registration well it turns out that well i mean like we were pre-registered or whatever we already had our badges mailed to us and so oh, they were mailed out yeah okay and so yeah they they had lanyards at the registration but we didn't know where that was Gotcha. Because you had had your badges like mailed. We, we wanted to go to the cells, the art floor and all that stuff. It's like, what do you mean we need a lanyard? Lanyard. Uh, the fun story that I have, though, is I actually hurt my knee over the weekend. Uh, pretty badly, uh, if I'm being honest. It still kind of hurts now. So that sucks. But we have on Saturday night at the convention, we have from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. a dance party where we bring in DJs and the nerds get to be social, I guess. So we have a security presence in there to make sure everybody's being safe and PG. Not doing weird, hmm. gross things. So I was in there supervising our crew that was in there. I loop up behind our audio booth to be like, okay, well, you know, there's some nooks and crannies in the dark back here away from the stage lights. Let's make sure nobody's doing any of the gross, weird things back here. Turns out, people were doing gross, weird things back there. Yay. Not yay. Um, I see two people up against, like, one one person against back against the wall, the other person not. Uh, just sucking face. Just really going at it making out in a way that was unacceptable i'm like first of all we have for our event a mask mandate because of world events uh-huh you can't make out with someone with a mask on so they were breaking one of our rules be pretty hilarious and if they were with masks it would be super weird it's like I, well I, technically I that's allowed so i guess i'll let you do it i, I took a peek at them like first just with them being in the corner like that, I was like, okay, is anybody hurt here? Is there a problem? No, they're just being gross. And then I was like, how are they breathing? <laughs> That's how how in, into each other's faces they were. It was awful. I hated it. Um, So I turn and lift up the flashlight that I have in the dark dance room and, <laughs> and shine it in their face to be like, hey, knock it off. And as I'm turning, my foot gets stuck and my knee bends 
and my leg goes out from under me because my, my knee bends in an awkward awkward angle, Oof. just collapses. And then I fall on my knee directly because of the way that I was turning and bent. So I twist my knee funny and fall on it. And I go, ah! And then I hear the rest of the room, the rest of the dance, also goes, ah! Because the sound had stopped. Because the thing that my foot was stuck on was a power cord for the audio booth. <laughs> oh. So then I go, ah! <laughs> and I grab the plug and shove it back into the outlet. And I look up at the audio techs. <laughs> Oh, wow, I really topped out the sound levels on that screen. That's funny. Uh, I look up at the audio techs who are just like shrugging and looking at their soundboards like, what happened? And I wave at them and shout up like, that was me. I tripped on a cord. It came unplugged. And they, they look at me and they go, did you plug it back in? Yes. Okay, good. And they turn back to their soundboards and the music all comes back up. No question on if I'm okay having tripped over the stuff that they... Had not properly set up. Yeah, I was thinking that. That's an OSHA violation is what that is. That cord should not have been trip over a bowl. Um, not, no, no question on if I'm okay or not, which I was not. And I turned to look at where these people had been making out against the wall, and they had entirely disappeared. I, they, were no, they were nowhere. That's what I would have figured. Yeah. Uh, I mean, imagine you're in a dance making out with someone. Suddenly there's a bright light in your ha- in your face, and then all of the music stops. And someone screams, and then multiple people scream, and then you <laughs> scream. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> and then you're gone. So then I, I, limp, I limp my way out of the dance, go to one of my fellow security supervisors. I'm like, hey, I broke my leg. You're in charge of the floor. Bye. And then I went and iced my knee and took some pain, pain meds. And limped around for the rest of the week. And that was Saturday night. I still had Sunday to go through. And then Monday we were doing the truckload. And I was pushing around a pallet jack. Because I don't know what's good for me. And something in my knee popped. But it popped back into place. Because after it popped it felt better. Not worse. So It, it uh, all worked out in the end. Yeah. That, that all worked out in the end. That is the story of how I took out the dance. And the dance took me out. It was a mutual like murder-suicide situation. So that was my weekend. A lot of walking, hurt my knee, everything else went fine. We had about 8,030 people was our attendance for that convention, so pretty respectable. And I'm still recovering. Still to this day. Still to this day. Right now as we're recording. Uh, I got nothing else to talk about this week. It was nice to be back with you, Zyber. It's certainly something. No tears here, though. I, I cried, but that's only because I remembered how much my knee hurts. My feet are also hurting. 